the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boats. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. It was a risky venture. Now, sure, they had always done things together in the past. They collaborated on different projects and even sat in on each other's regular weekly gatherings and meetings. But something as big and as ambitious as this? A merger? What if it didn't go the way they planned? What if not everyone is on board with it? What if it fails? These were the questions I imagine the two congregations were pondering and more. For several years, they had already been doing vacation Bible school together in the summer. Their pastors regularly swapped pulpits with each other. They even shared some staff and council leadership. But now, the proposal on the table was officially coming together, closing two congregations in order to create something new entirely. It was risky. You could almost feel yourself instinctually holding your breath in that in-between space, between the ending and the beginning. What if? As if it wasn't enough that Jesus essentially hijacked Simon's boat and demanded of the tired, worn-out fishermen to put out a little way from the shore so that he could teach the people whatever he was teaching them. The text never actually tells us. As if all of that wasn't enough, now Jesus, absolutely not a fisherman whatsoever, gives the professionals unsolicited advice about how to do their job to let down their nets for a catch. Just try again. Now, as someone who doesn't like being told what to do, maybe you can relate, I strongly relate to Simon, and I imagine that what he actually says is probably not the first thing he actually thought and wanted to say. There were certainly questions. It's been a long night. We just started putting everything away, and 
You want us to take it all back out again? We've been doing this our whole lives. We know these waters, and you think we're just going to catch something just like that? Who are you to tell us how to do our jobs? But what if? It had to be one of the largest hauls of fish they had ever seen. So large, in fact, that it was starting to break their nets. So heavy that not even two boats could hold it all before they both began to sink. They took a risk. And the risk produced more abundance than they ever dreamed possible. Now, we're often taught to think of this story as a miracle story and a teaching about evangelism. Fishing for people means catch and no release. Casting our nets wide and indiscriminately pulling people into the church to fill pews, to experience the same kind of community we ourselves have experienced. But I have to say that when I actually step back from that metaphor and really look at it, it strikes me as kind of sketchy and manipulative even Fishing for people? Catching them and not releasing them? That sounds like kidnapping to me. Shouldn't we want people to come here willingly and intentionally and not be dragged in by our nets? What if the real miracle of this story is not the abundant catch of fish? What if that's not actually the point? Now, yes, I think it's still a miracle story. I think it's still a call story. I think it's still a story about what it means to follow Jesus and to invite others to follow him as well. But if the miracle is catching all of those fish, then why on earth would they leave it all behind? It's right there at the end of the story. They left everything and followed Jesus. Everything, including the fish. So there's got to be something more going on here. And for me, I think the key is in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of the breaking nets, in the midst of the sinking boats, in the midst of feeling overwhelmed, both physically and emotionally, after they had been working all night long. They were tired. This was the kind of stuff for the start of a shift, not the end of it. But in that overwhelm, in that crisis, they signal to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. That's where the real miracle seems to be. The real miracle is in the community, in the partnership, in getting through the hard thing together. The real miracle is the community that already exists before the amazing catch of fish. The real miracle of being a part of the kind of community that Jesus calls us into reminds us that we are not alone. The load isn't ours to carry by ourselves. The help and partnership that we need may be just as close as the other boat, or the next pew, or the congregation ten minutes across town. See, when those two Lutheran congregations closed what had always been, with all their own histories and traditions, they organized to become, appropriately enough, Unity Lutheran Church. Now, that was in 2016. The three pastors from one congregation had all stayed on, 
and the one pastor from the other congregation had intentionally resigned to take a new call. And then two years later, the congregation voted to call the first pastor specifically called to unity. Spoiler alert, talking about myself, this is my last congregation. All of this merger stuff happened before I got there, but over those years, the dream was beginning to take shape. It was working in ways planned and in ways unexpected. This new thing that the Spirit was calling them to was also working, though, specifically because of what hadn't changed. The people in the community that made up both congregations never changed. And in fact, it only got bigger in the process. One growing congregation landlocked on three sides by a subdivision and on the fourth by a major street gained a sprawling 17-acre campus. And the congregation on the 17-acre campus with aging members who had lived to see many generations come and go gained a Sunday school program with dozens of kids every week. And so much more than that, too. The best of both places was now, together, a part of unity. Risk happens. Challenge happens. We hold our breath and wonder, what if it doesn't go the way that we planned? What if not everyone is on board? What if it fails? But what if? What if it does work out? What if it leads to a promise and a place of abundance that we could have never dreamed of? What if leveraging the assets we have, the real assets, our people power, and the abundance of community that God has already provided lets us actually intentionally fish for people? What if the community grows not because they were caught in a net and dragged here, but because those people on the outside looking in see a community doing the hard stuff and the good stuff together, and they want to be a part of it too. The real gift, the real miracle of this story is all of you, all of us. What and who we need is here. In a few moments, we'll gather around the font to welcome Annie, and to the family of God, I know it's very exciting. And to welcome Annie's parents and big brother into the St. Philip family as well. So today is about Annie's baptism. It's all about you. Uh, but it's also about the whole community. I know, I know. It's about the whole community. Well, Annie... Well, the line in here was, well, Annie cannot speak for herself, but she is very clearly proving me wrong. But while she cannot answer the questions for herself, her parents and sponsors respond on her behalf, and the whole congregation also makes promises to accompany Annie on her Christian faith journey. In this sacrament, as we welcome Annie into the family of God, we're also reminded of our own baptisms, some longer ago than others, we remember, maybe with the help of family stories and photographs, the people who surrounded us when we were brought to the waters of the font, the sponsors and family members who answered for us, and those saints, past and present, of this congregation and other congregations, on behalf of the whole church, who promised to accompany us 
on our Christian faith journeys. The real miracle is in that kind of community. The real miracle is here, in this community. Thanks be to God.